1: Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spashino, joined, as always, by the player himself, Benny Scala. Benny, how you doing, buddy?
2: Dan, you know, even though it was only 41 degrees this morning in sunny Florida, my Yankees will be playing baseball in Clearwater this Sunday. So old age and bad hooker jokes aside, all is well in my world. Yeah, well, we we said it
1: last week, you know, as much as we love the Super Bowl, that's really the uh, the signal of the end of football season and the start of baseball season because the catch pitchers and catchers are uh reported last week and now we can really get the fun going absolutely and um mm-hmm. as as an Orioles fan I do hope your Yankees do just as well as they did last year
2: actually the the they got them I think at uh I'm trying to think they're like plus 800 they're uh actually ahead of the Orioles but behind the Astros so we'll
1: see yeah, well, second second best record in the league and most of the team returns and still no respect. Like Rodney, I, no respect I at think,
2: all. I uh, think Giancarlo will pull a muscle eating a steak or something <laughs> like that.
1: Yeah, you'll be all right. But... Uh, you know, ba- all baseball references aside, we got them out of the way early. Benny, we got a great show planned for tonight. We've got a returning guest. You always love to talk about your slashes, your man of many hats. Uh, we've got one tonight and a returning guest. Like I said, uh, somebody we had a lot of fun talking to you last time. Why to tell everybody who the uh, third face joining us this evening is?
2: You know, Dan, this is one of my all-time favorite guests. And, you know, one of the many things I've learned in the three-plus years we've been doing this is that some of the best heels – in the wrestling business are actually some of the, the best people in the real world. And our guest is truly one of them. You know, whether you know him as downtown Bruno, Uptown Bruno or Harvey Whippleman, and whether you loved him or hated him, one thing's for sure. You never ignored him. And I'm very ha- happy to welcome Bruno Lauer back to Dan and Benny in the ring. Bruno, welcome my friend.
0: Hey, I always enjoy being on the show with y'all. I, I'm enjoying it uh, already. Um, I'm not a baseball fan because we don't have a, uh, major league team in Memphis, so I, everything y'all were talking about up till now would completely over my head. Um, <laughs> we've got a professional basketball team in Memphis, uh, the Memphis State really? Tigers. And then yeah. we've also got the Grizzlies.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I think you know what I mean. I, I do. I mean, you talk about a losing streak. And as soon as we get John Morant back, what happens? He gets hurt instantly. I mean, gosh, so. That's heartbreaking, but hey, I want to plug uh, Bluff City Wrestling, which is the real Memphis Wrestling. It's, nice. uh, it's a promotion uh, in uh, the Memphis area. It's on TV in Memphis. I'm helping out there as a senior referee and helping All out right. on stage duties. And uh, it's a great organization, and I just want to tell everybody. That's listening to this and watching this. To please go to the YouTube channel for Bluff City Wrestling and uh, City Wrestling subscribe Day. to it. You'll see me on there, referee, and I can still go for an old man. And there's a All lot right. of young, great talent on there. Uh, Johnny Dotson, Bullwhip Ballard, uh, 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 Brody Hawk, Big Chad. I mean, a bunch of great guys. And I, and uh, Danny Big Good Jr., DJ Brown. So just that's my plug for Bluff City Wrestling, and I'll plug the other organization later. Uh, towards the end that I worked for around Memphis as well. But uh, in the meantime, let's go.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Bruno, you know, some things are on a need-to-know basis, and this is something I need to know. So we're officially on the road to WrestleMania, and this is the time of year when everyone speculates about who's going to be inducted into the uh, WWE Hall of Fame. Now, many names are being banded about, including, of course, yours. But there is one in particular – with everybody saying, and no, I'm not talking about L.A. Knight. I'm talking about Bulldog Bob Brown. What do you think his chances are for induction?
0: Well, I enjoyed the interview, fellas. Thanks a million. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. But Bulldog Bob Brown, somebody I worked with in, in Central States territory back in the early to mid-80s on several occasions, has to be, if not the worst one of the worst people to ever actually get a push in our profession. He was terrible. His interviews sucked. His work sucked. His looks, they looked like Sergeant Carter from Gomer Pyle, but probably uh, uh, Frank Sutton, who played Sergeant Carter, probably would have been a better in-ring performer than Bulldog Bob Brown. <laughs> he, yeah, was, he would cut I better promos, be,
2: too. What's that? I said he would cut better promos, too, Sergeant Carter.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, yeah, Bulldog Bob Brown is, uh, you know, and I'm saying this for jokes. I know you're kidding, but I was going to say, my respect for your knowledge of wrestling just plummeted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, Bruno, that uh, I probably have a better chance of waking up next to uh, Tom Brady's ex-wife than Bulldog Bob Brown does of having, you know, of, of being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Is
0: yeah, that fair enough? Yeah. And, and, and by the way, she's here with me tonight. So, uh, uh okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell her I said hello. I'll see her next know? week. <laughs> Danny Ben said a Okay.
2: <laughs> he really, I mean, he looked like, you know, you know, lane seven, your pizza's ready. Um, right. <laughs> I just couldn't, I mean, I've been a wrestling fan since 1968 and I've like, I've watched thousands and thousands of matches and that's one guy I just can't get. I'm thinking, like, he must know somebody because he, he, he... I mean, he looked like he was allergic to the gym. Um, <laughs> he, he really couldn't speak very eloquently. His work was, you know... And you said he wasn't a very good person, so what am I missing He was a terrible
0: person. He was a liar. He was... A, he, we were in uh, uh, Fort Scott... I believe it was Fort Scott, Kansas. I can't remember the exact town, but I believe it was Fort Scott. Uh, Bob Gaga wasn't there that night, so Bob Brown was was uh, taking care of the event, And... He told me, you know, I was managing Earthquake Fairs against Bulldog that night. And he said, when I came up with the apron at some point, he was going to headbutt me. He wanted me to get color. So I did. So the next day, we got to TV, and I was all gaffed up and everything. And, you know, Bob Godwin goes, what happened? What? What? Why did you do that? I said, Bulldog told me to. And he went, I never did any such thing.
2: Oh, jeez. Oh, man.
0: And he told me to do it. <laughs> so... Yeah, so that's, I'm not a, I wasn't a fan. And I always say this about people, whether I liked him or didn't like him or hated him. I'm not glad he's dead. I don't wish him dead. And I'm sorry for his family or whatever that he's dead. You know, it's not a dying offense, you know. It's like, you know, if he's a child molester or a rapist or something, but I'm not happy he's dead. I'm not that type of person, but I'm just, I don't, I'm I'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I shed any tears either. You know, I'm just going to be truthful.
2: You know it's really funny because that that title, that Central States uh, Championship, was a very prestigious title. And you look at the names of the people that won that thing. It's like a who's who. Like it could be a Hall of Fame all in itself. But then you see like Bob Brown won it thirteen times. Like what the hell?
0: Yeah, because I mean I was privileged enough to manage uh, Central States Champion Earthquake Ferris, and also the Central States Tag Team Champions, two guys that are really dear to my heart. One of them is no longer with us. Is the Batten Twins.
2: Oh, yeah. okay.
0: I love those guys. Brad
2: and Uh, Brad and Bart, right? I think they were.
0: Yeah, exactly. Brad, Bradley, Bradley J. Batten uh, left us a few years ago. And uh, it's a shame. I love those guys. Hmm. Matter of fact, when I went, they were always baby faces in Central States. When I came in, they went to Bob Goggle and Rip Rogers, who was helping with the booking at the time and specifically wanted to turn heel so I could be their manager. And we traveled together the whole time I was in the territory for that run. And we got along great. They turned heel. We got over well together. We were great. T- you know what sucks? Those guys were ahead of their time. Because at that time, WWE was using the Barbarian and the Warlord and the Road Warrior. You know, the big huge, you know, the the, right. the uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Akeem and Bossman, Man, whatever. Big huge guys, John Studd and, uh, and uh, Bundy. If the Batten Twins were in their prime right now, they would absolutely, if not be in the main roster of WWE, they'd definitely be in NXT because they were, you know, nowadays smaller guys are more, you know, used in the business. So it's just a shame they were ahead of their time. They were a hell of a they team.
2: Were, I mean, they were a very well functioning tag team, though.
0: Absolutely. we had a great time together, we had a good vibe together. You know, I don't really like to travel with too many people. You know, I mostly I travel alone. Uh, I enjoyed traveling with them. I always enjoyed traveling with the King Jerry Lawler, my, my mentor. Enjoyed traveling with the Rock, of course, and then the guy I traveled with for the longest, Steve Lombardi, my good friend Brooklyn Brawler. We oh, traveled yeah. together for thirty years. But uh, the times I was with the Batten's, though, we got along really, really well. And I really, really hate that uh, we lost Bradley. Hmm. I didn't mean to bring the interview down. No, <laughs> you know? no, you're no, you're, right.
1: you're fine. It's you know, it's actually funny. You, you mentioned Lawler and and your shirt. You know, uh, Benny does a, a fr- another show. Um, I, I we license him out like merchandise. You know, called uh, Wrestling Remembered. And, and the, the last me if I'm wrong, Benny, the last episode y'all did was on gimmick matches. Yes. And, and, I mean, uh, Bruno, nobody did gimmick matches like Memphis. Memphis had them all. You know, Loser leaves town, hair versus hair, et cetera. Uh, you know, not just Memphis, but just your time in wrestling in general got me thinking. Did you have a favorite gimmick match?
0: I know I had a least favorite. When, when I was Harvina and won the, the uh, WWF Ladies Championship, um, we set the business back 30 years or more. Um so <laughs>
1: but uh, well, let me let me ask you something, just out of, out of morbid curiosity because we we joked about a little bit about it on your first appearance w- 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 did you you realize you you set the stage you know for for all the uh occasional head shakes that the Harvina brings on if it wasn't for Harvina we never would have had Santina winning the Miss Mes- Miss right. WrestleMania Trent Battle Center. Royal yep. so i mean you were a trailblazer I
0: apologize Oh, uh, like, yeah. like I got the first DUI.
1: You know, <laughs> <laughs> nice. What, what, how's the old saying go? That The nice being the nicest guy in prison. It doesn't doesn't mean much,
0: right? No.
1: Right. Right. You know, but, but I mean, other than other than uh, athletes
0: uh, nowadays that you know talk about all the big controversy. Which I'm not a political guy. I'm not going to get into nothing political or whatever. But the controversy now is that the transgender athletes want to. Compete with the you know opposite sex, whatever. Who's the first one? True, sure, like I said, Bruce you Jenner. It you. Was were,
1: <laughs> you, you were a trailblazer man. man ahead uh, of your time. Well, I guess I guess man ahead of your time might not be the right term for it, but man, man ahead of your time. But but you mentioned to kind of continue with your original thought you talked about traveling with jerry you also talked about traveling with the rock and um you, you mentioned having a special relationship with with all right i guess i i can say the rock now because dwayne johnson owns that moniker um but in re you know he's been all over the news recently uh you know he, he's back as it were um i'm curious what your thoughts are to see the rock and i mean vest be you know uh, uh jaw jacking with the crowd like this is textbook hollywood rock uh back in the he's back in the ring he's appearing on tv uh regular basis cutting epic promos uh one, so two things one how do you feel about seeing the rock back on tv and how do you feel about just how easy it was almost like you know they they say sometimes some people it's like you never left how smooth it was for him to go back to being a heel
0: well i mean he's one of the best there ever was and you know Uh, not being in in these meetings or whatever. I don't know if that was planned or not, or uh, as smart and slick minded as he is for the business. If that was legitimately uh, uh, organic that the people just turned on him for, you know, because of what's been going on in the stories and whatnot, that he's very, very one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. He just pivoted on the spot. You know, like uh, if the play don't go right in the NFL, what do they do? They call it audible, right? Well, I, I believe he just pivoted, and I mean, he's one of the best. there. There's no question, no, no discussion, not even no b- debate. He's one of the top ten, if not the top five of all time as far as the talent. And, you know, we're, we're not going to get into the little semantics. Well, this guy has a better arm drag, or this guy Let's talk about who drew the most money. That's the, what, who's the best worker. Bottom line, okay. yeah. mm-hmm. like number one is Hulk Hogan. No if ands, buts, or maybes, and Dwayne himself will tell you that. Period. But but I'm gonna tell you what even means more to me than knowing that my dear friend is back doing something at least for the time being that he loves to do that that you know got him his foot in the door of the wonderful life that he has excuse me he was the master of ceremonies wherever you call it nascar daytona 500 the other day and you can look this up on the youtube he did an interview with the nascar people before the uh, you know fox i should say the fox sports people before the event and i uh, mentioned who bought him his first card his good friend downtown bruno and he talked about it uh and oh, yeah. called him out four or five different times on fox sports news and that See, that's what means a lot to me. This other stuff is just business. That the personal thing. And I I mean I mean I would he's one of the five people in this world I would die for. You know, and I really mean that. And I really mean that. And uh, you know, Lawler's another one. You know, it's just it's just it's very emotional to me. He's he's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful person. He's been instrumental in my life he's never forgot our friendship. Even though he's in the stratosphere, uh, he's still on my level as far as as a person friendship yeah
2: so bruno before i ask my next question i want to go back to the gimmick matches real quick because memphis was literally the, the the king of gimmick matches but one i wanted to drill in to in particular was the the loser leave town match and uh, as far as what, you know, it's not really a necessary match now because of the way the business is structured, but it was so important back then because somebody could lose a loser leave town match. And one of two things happened. One was they had a, they had a gig say in mid South or, you know, Portland or, or world class. So they, you know, they had to go for a while and that's how you got them. You know, that's how you wrote them, wrote them out of the, uh, you know, the territory or right. they, they'd stay and wear a ridiculous mask. Like Jimmy Brown, uh, Jimmy value when he was Charlie Brown from out of town, Um, talk, if you can just tell me like, you know, those gimmick matches meant so much to the territory, didn't they?
0: Well, yeah. And I'm going to tell you, uh, for the younger fans that might not know this, I'll just give a brief thing alluding back to what you just said, the loser leaf town match, which was a big deal years ago, as y'all know, but a lot, like I said, younger people may not realize this before WWE. And these other organizations that I won't name, but other ones that are nationwide or worldwide or whatever. Um, every part of the country had its own territory, we call it, or region, regional. Like even WWE, what used to be WWWF. And, and was it Northeast. Was northeast, New York, uh, uh, you know, Connecticut, Maryland, Jersey, yeah. or whatever. Okay, Memphis territory, like you said, Portland, world class, Kansas City, Minneapolis, San Antonio, Dallas. Tampa, Alabama, the Carolinas, yeah. Louisiana, whatever. Yeah. There was territory after territory. So to go back to like comment on what you said, yeah, like if if I was getting ready to leave, either by choice or because you know Lawler or whatever said man you need to move on for a while you're getting stale, whatever. I would make some calls and get a starting date in Alabama or or in Louisiana or wherever I would go, or it could be the opposite thing. Uh, you know, maybe I wanted to go for whatever reason. So. Lose or leave town, uh, downtown Bruno against so-and-so. And if I lose or my guy loses, I have to leave. So then, like you said, I'd go to that continental, which was Alabama. I, I went to uh, Kansas City, wherever I went. Well, nobody in Memphis territory could see that TV because it was regional. So they didn't know. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't like, like you said, like WWE lose or leave town. Right. Well, was. You know, then I'd have a ridiculous bastard, you know, whatever. But it was just, yeah, if I'd leave Memphis, I'd go to somewhere else, and then I'd come back to Memphis in nine months or a year or whatever they said the terms were. But, but the other thing is, too, there's ways around everything in our business. You can make logic. Like if they said downtown Bruno has to leave for a year, maybe they needed me to come back after six months, or I wanted to come back after six months. They could work something out like, okay, if – I don't know if Mr. X beats Jerry King Lawler, then he can, downtown Bruno's suspension right. is lifted. You know, he could do anything. But, Always, yeah. Yeah, but there's a good story about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Here's the deal. And I had to preface this about the territory, so the younger listeners or viewers, whatever, want to understand this. Um, in 1987, they were going to do a deal where Billy Travis lost a lose leaves town match. I'm the one that caused it as the bad guy, you know, villain manager. He was going against Pat Tanaka. And I caused, I don't remember how I did it, but I caused Billy Travis to match. He had to leave town. Well, they already had him a starting date in San Antonio, you know, the Southwest championship wrestling. Mm -hmm. Well, he was all set to go down there, whatever. So we did the loser leave town. He lost the match. was going there that week they closed down Southwest closed down. So Billy was a man without a country. He was leaving to go to work there. And then there was no no more, no more there to go to work to. Oh crap. We just, you know, we were working a deal and I brought somebody up from there. It was almost like a trade. like they do an NFL or NBA. Right. They, I don't remember who it was. They brought up from San Antonio to come to to Memphis. Um, I can't remember, to be honest with you. But anyway, it was like, oh, my God, we just screwed Billy Travis unintentionally. So what they did was they had him come back as the BT Express. BT Billy Travis. <laughs> yep. He had Basque on it, had BT on it. And, of course, everybody knew it was him. And, and you know, me, the bad guy manager, of course, I'm frustrated as hell. I, that's Billy Travis. Come on, Eddie Marlon. You know that's Billy Travis. Blah, blah, blah. So they end up finally working the deal. And it really got over good, thankfully. Because it wasn't like we were trying to deceive the people, you know, that we wanted them to know it was Billy Travis. And it was like sticking it up my butt, you know. So we worked the deal. We worked the deal. And Eddie Marlon finally said, you can rip the mask off of him it prove it's Billy Travis that he's out of here. So uh, we turned Paul Diamond heel, who was his big friend, you know, big believe friend, you know, tag team partner, whatever. I bribed him with some money or what. I can't remember exactly how we went into it. But he ended up ripping the mask off of him. I gave Paul Diamond all the money, and then Billy Travis was out of there. So they had a real emotional deal where Jeff Jarrett, who was, you know, TV-wise, and maybe real-life-wise, I don't know, but TV-wise, Billy Travis best friend. So he had a thing: if he could wrestle Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond by himself, and he didn't have to beat him, but if he could go without being beat for, I think it was 10 minutes maybe, I can't remember, um, and Billy would be reinstated, of course. Jeff fought like you know, cats and dogs, it was like a real valiant effort. He hung in there for 10 minutes, right? Got his hand raised. Billy Travis got to come back, and people were like crying. It was like that's back before everything was out in the open, you know, and people were literally crying. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's funny. You brought that up. That was huge. That was really, and we drew big, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: You, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Benny. I'm sorry. I remember when, um, uh, he was having kind of his career Renaissance when Hulk Hogan went back to the WWE for the second time. And they did the whole Mr. America storyline where he, he, he got fired Hulk Hogan got fired. And then Mr. America came in right. and, it was funny because how, like reading some of the early, this was the early days of like message boards, how many people thought that was such a, like, like we're acting like that was a unique concept they've never seen before. The right. veteran under the mask, everyone knows who it is, but we can't, we have to pretend like we don't. And it was funny, like, you know, uh, that, oh, I, that's, that's like, like Benny said, that's, you know, out of uh, downtown from out of town, you know, that's, that's all these, that, you know, giant machine. That's all these people we know who it is, but we can't, you know, yeah. yeah and, 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 they, it was, it was, I don't know. just always funny to, to me how it had been so long since people had seen it, you know?
0: Right. And I can't say that the Billy Travis one was the first one. It probably wasn't. Right. But it's still, it. it in Memphis, it was
2: huge. It, it, it really, worked. It really worked. You know, Bruno, that's that's a perfect segue into the next question because I wanted to stay old school for a minute and talk about the old studio wrestling uh, show. So to me, it's it's just it still is amazing how how epic moments were created in a, in a TV studio. I mean, how many people were in the show in Memphis? Maybe a couple of hundred, and uh, you know, all the storylines were created and advanced, and you know, how many tickets were sold. Uh, to the Mid-South Coliseum, just in, in front of that uh, that broadcast booth with with uh, Lance Russell and Dave Brown. And, you know, it, whether it be an interview, a sneak attack, a swerve. And, you know, back then there was no creative writing staff like they have now. They just had the promoter and a, and a booker. So my question is, how is so much created with, with just so little resources? It's amazing to me.
0: You know what? Here's the thing. I've said this a thousand times about the business. It's... Well, first of all, it takes a minute to learn and a lifetime to master. Uh, but like the other that. thing is people have taken something that wasn't broken and tried to fix it. It was it now it's got to the point where it's just too far gone. We can never get it back to like it was. It was uh, so basic back then. We just we didn't need all this. Extra stuff. It was so big, ba- like the emotions. Like Billy Travis was, was Jeff Jarrett's best friend, and we screwed him over, and Jeff fought tooth and nail to get him back, and things like that. You know, we had people crying, not only for that, but other than you know, we. Here's the thing, and Bill Dundee said this on in an interview he did once, and he's right. We, the people believed in us, in us, and what we did on, on the studio, because we believed in it. See, We would work ourselves into a shoot back then. You know, I never disrespected the business. And I'm never going to sit here on your great podcast or anybody else's and lay out in intricate detail how we do what we do and spoil the magic. But back then, you know, like what we're doing now would be unheard of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If we protected the business. Right. I might not be able to convince people everything we're doing is, is real, but I can convince them. I'm real, you know, and I mean, I worked myself into a shoot and, and I appreciate what you said earlier that I'm a very nice guy. Thank you. And I am Bruno Lauer's a nice guy. And when downtown Bruno's a baby face, downtown Bruno's a nice guy too. But by God, back in those days when I was making my living and helping other people make their living by being a heel, downtown Bruno's the worst son of a bitch you'll ever meet in your life (laughs) I'm to make sure that everybody understand. I mean, I'm not going to. You know, in a grocery store, yelling at an old lady, "It's help you die." I mean, that's cheap eat. I'm going to be cocky, and I'll give you an autograph. It'll be the best one you ever had. You know, I'll be a heel, but a cocky one. But by God, I'm going to be a heel. I'm not going to be a heel trying to wink at the people and and uh, make them uh, think oh, I'm just pretending. We invested ourselves into what we were doing. And in turn, I believe the people invested themselves into it. That's what it was. And it was reality-based. People could understand that. Like, if two or three guys beat the shit out of, you know, Doug Gilbert left him laying in the pool of his own blood, when Eddie Gilbert came running out of the back with, like, just trunks on it now get towel around him and you know still soap on him and then barefoot because he was in the shower you know somebody told him they're beating up your brother he'd come out there and he'd make an interview with passion and anger i mean how could you not believe it i mean eddie gilbert I never forget that he came out there almost in tears and he was furious because they were beating up his brother or it might have been his dad i'm just saying oh you know whatever just basically we worked ourselves into a shoot. How would I act if this was really happening? That's what we did. And wow. the people bought into it. We didn't need scenarios and backstage segments and, and all this. And I'm not saying anything against that. It's a different business now. It's needed now. In our day, we didn't, need that. we just needed the reality of it. You know, like, you know, I think your mother's no good. And if I ever see her, I'm going to tell her to quit calling my, my house There's no cell phones. Quit calling my house. I'm not dating your mother. She's no good. And then you'd be furious. And people would say, how can he say that about so-and-so's mother? And you know, Hmm. they would believe it. They can relate to that. They can't relate to all this other bullshit that doesn't, you know, in reality doesn't happen.
2: Yeah. Now on the flip side, though, Bruno did, did an old, you said you didn't cut any heel promos on an old lady. At the grocery store, but did an old lady cut a heel promo on you?
0: Oh my God, everywhere I went, I mean, back then, (laughs) I'm telling you, it was nobody understands how seriously the fans of the Memphis territory took what we did. I mean, when I would leave the Coliseum or the Evansville Coliseum or the Louisville Garden or wherever Nashville Fairgrounds we didn't have a lot of security like we got now people were spitting at your car throwing things at your car you know spitting tobacco i mean it was just everywhere you went i remember one time i was in the alabama territory which was a very good place continental right. and i was getting gas at a gas station it was right after me and sid lord humongous bit a number on wendell cooley who was one of the big good guys there oh yeah this this redneck looking guy walked up to me i was getting gas he goes I know who you are. Where's Lord Jamongus? He's not here to protect you, is he? Let me tell you something. I see what you did to Wendell Cooler. Let me see if you can do it to me, you MRF. I mean, I, I was legitimately nervous. There was an African American, a little older man there. Not like elderly, but you know, at that time I was like 26 or something. This guy was probably 45, you know, whatever. Uh, he walked over and he goes, what's going on here? That's downtown Bruno. He, he, he did this and that to Wendell Cooley. I'm finna to show him something. The old black guy said, that ain't downtown Bruno. That's a guy that works for me on my farm. Wait, will you hurry up and get your gas and get back over there? You got to get back over there, man. We need you over there. He guy goes, oh man, I'm sorry. You just look like downtown Bruno. I said, man, I'm not no downtown Bruno. That guy left. And then the black guy goes, And get on out of here, man. These people, they'll they'll kill you. He
1: goes,
0: (laughs) I'll never forget that. I don't know who that man is or if he's still alive or if he's going to watch this or whatever. But if he remembers that, I never forgot. I even wrote, I even talked about it in my book when I did that book years ago. I never That guy saved my ass out of just kindness. Yeah. So that's how it was back then, man. That's how it was. Well,
1: I mean, not, not just. You know, not not just back then. I mean, Benny gets swarmed going to the gas station today. So but
2: that's by groupies. That's not by you know.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, you don't have people slashing your the tires on your rental. Including car. Tom
2: Brady's wife, she was there the last time.
1: <laughs> be quiet,
0: she's sitting right over here. Oh, I'm
1: sorry, uh, all right. Yeah. right sh- See, it'll be our secret. Yeah. Uh,
0: you I'm know already, to- I'm gonna tell you, it pisses me off because Five six times since we've been on here, Taylor Swift has been texting me. I'm trying to keep a low profile. She won't fucking leave me alone. Emma, what is she
2: gonna do with Travis Kelsey when she's gonna have Bruno, right?
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's a big front. She, she he's just being like a cover up for me, you know. So that's something. really what
2: it is. He's just yeah, he's providing a cover for you.
0: Yeah. So the next big celebrity out of here. Dan and
2: Benny it. exclusive. You heard it here first.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what's what's going to be our uh, celebrity? Company? Uh, uh, Bruce Swift. What are we going to call ourselves? I don't know. <laughs> got to think about that one. <laughs> you know, and and Beyonce, she won't leave me alone either. And she said, "Oh, we'll call it. Yeah, Bru- you... on- hey, we'll call it Bruance. I mean, okay.
1: she 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 released a country album just to try and get your attention. So
0: that's exactly right.
1: <laughs> you got you got it all all worked it, out
0: yeah hit me some more let's talk i am having a great time but this is a lot of fun
2: oh why he, he wears gloves on it's because his cell phone's so hot because <laughs> they're, they're they're blasting with these text messages see see now <laughs> now i
1: feel bad we're, we're having such a good time um looking you know going down the list of, of notes we wanted to talk about uh unfortunately i kind of want to get sad and dark for a second the uh wrestling world you know was was rocked by the news about two weeks ago um uh, billy jack hayes was arrested for the murder of his wife and uh, i was just curious if you'd worked with him at all um any any thoughts there
0: yeah i mean he came to memphis towards the end of his career and spent i don't know i think like maybe nine months in the territory whatever oh wow okay he came in as a heel, left as a baby face. Um, and uh, I traveled with him some. Well, you know, he'd roll with me a, a few cats. Um, I always got along with him. Never had any uh, issues with him. I see, I, I see uh, he's been broken down with emotion. He had to walk out of the uh, interview. <laughs> there he is. Calm down. It'll be okay. Um, but no, I uh, I got along with him. We rode together a few times, and uh when, uh, when he was babyface and I was a heel manager, a few times he, you know, got physical with me in the ring, never hurt me, and it was always took care of me in the ring. I mean, I hadn't seen him or heard from him in years and years and years. I don't even remember what year that was, uh, that he was in Memphis. I think it was 94, maybe, or 93, or something like that. So, like 30 years ago. So, now I've heard, and this is just me given you what i've heard cuz i don't know that he was kind of getting like mentally broken down a little bit like, like i heard he did yeah. some interviews and he said some odd things like bill clinton or something sent him to murder some kids or you know some did you hear that one about the railroad tracks or something
1: i, I must have missed that one
0: yeah it's I, all, I know it's,
1: he 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 got a little off the deep end conspiracy towards the end there like you know with with just some of his views but
0: yeah, he said something, I can't remember exactly, but when I was, when I heard about the murder of the, of the wife, I was, you know, looking online, apparently, and I, y'all can find this later, the listeners, or the viewers can look it up, or whatever, I, I can't get the exact details, but roughly, he said something about years ago, there was a drug deal gone wrong, and Bill Clinton was involved, and Hillary Clinton, so they sent him to kill the the drug dealer or some, something along those lines. And there was these two kids along the railroad tracks. He watched his co-conspirators kill the kids, but he's he, he seen it himself. I don't know, it's a bunch of ridiculous stuff. But I mean, and like I said, I'm not 100% on par with exactly, but you know that's the gist of it. You know, um, you can look it up. Uh, Billy Jack Haynes, Arkansas Railroad Murder. So, that sounded like way out of left field. So, yeah. And then he was wearing those weird wigs or something I, when he was doing interviews. Did you see that? Like, yes. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I think he might have maybe lost his marbles or something. Like I, I said, don't think he
2: invested much money in those wigs. That was like, you know, like, you know Walmart has like great value, their generic brand. I think that was like a, a great value hairpiece.
0: Yeah. But even if you paid 75 cents for it, it wasn't that great. Yeah.
2: It. It, but they had a BOGO sale, you know? <laughs>
0: But yeah, but, it's, uh, it's, it, it's just Yeah, just when I've seen Different things he said online He looked uh, Like he might have been losing it But yeah. as far as the murder of the wife or whatever What can I say? I I don't know, I wasn't there I had in yeah. communication with him or anything So I don't know anything about What happened and just, I Would feel like maybe That if he did lose his mind Alzheimer's or dementia, or what have you, then that would, I'm not saying justify it by any means, but explain it. How about that?
2: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I can understand that.
0: Yeah, but I'm, he's never said or did anything to me that would make me um, have any complaints about him as a, you know, on a personal level, so, you know, I can't, I mean, I just, I hope it's all, you know, well, I mean, I was hoping it it works out. It, it can't work out. The woman is is dead you know but i just i don't know what happened
2: so i'm gonna make it cheerful again because i know bruno you have your phone on do not disturb and i'm you know both dan and i are numbers guys i worked in finance all my career and i am going to put the under over when you take that phone off but do not disturb after you're done with dan and benny and i'm gonna guess you're gonna have 987 text messages from women in need of your services dan (laughs) what, what number are you gonna what do you think dan
1: uh, well, it's if it's closest without going over uh, one dollar, Bob. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much how much interview we got left. Thirty minutes. Ben's busy. It's got to be at least six or seven hundred. Easy. I'm i mean, gonna, Yeah,
2: it's going to be in the, you know at least between five hundred yeah, and, and, and
1: and we've already like you said, Dan Benny exclusive, we established at least half of them are going to be from Taylor Swift. So
2: that's right. That's right. And then yeah, well, it's going to maybe I'm, I overestimated because Giselle Brady's in the room already, so you know he's not going to get those texts. She's right there. She can poke him in the ribs.
0: Right. So, <laughs> hey, I got a good name for when me and Taylor Swift get together. How about Swoono? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it. Perfect.
2: <laughs> that'll be that'll be on pro wrestling tees next week. Right. One go. Sell it.
0: Speaking of pro wrestling tees, let's throw another cheap plug in there. You can get Downtown Bruno shirts on pro wrestling tees. There's one oh, that good. says Downtown right. Bruno. It's like Mama says it bees that way sometimes. And the other one just says I'm a Downtown Bruno guy. Come on, nice. we're going to need a new pair of shoes. Go and play with he's by the down. Oh, well, you
2: got to, I mean, you, you got all those women you got to keep up with too. That costs money. That ain't cheap.
0: Oh, no. Taylor Swift takes care of everything.
2: Oh, she does. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right.
0: Hey, by the way, before her lawyers start suing all of us, it's all sarcastic folks.
2: Yep. K <laughs> Right. Right. <laughs> So, Bruno, uh, I think if my numbers are right again, I think this is your 45th year in professional wrestling. You started in 79?
0: Correct. Started in 7- All right. April 8th, 1979.
2: All right. So you're almost coming up to the anniversary. So I'm a huge fan of of loyalty and longevity. My uh, my ex-father-in-law worked for over 40 years at uh, MetLife in Manhattan, and then his father-in-law worked for uh, for New York Life for 50 years. And I, to me, this is not really a wrestling question. It's more of a life question. Uh, but... What can you give the younger folks out there um, who are trying to establish a career as far as, you know, dedication and work ethic to, 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 you know, to be around for a long time?
0: Well, I don't I really can't speak of any other profession. But as far as our profession, here's the thing. You got to have it all here. Your heart has got to be in it. A hundred percent. Okay. I had no other options. I didn't have a plan B. Period. I didn't say, well, if wrestling don't work out, I'll do this, I'll do that. No. This was it for me. This was my world. This was my life. It still is. Uh, if you're not 100% in it and dedicated to this, do something else. Go back to the house. Think of something else. you got to put your heart and soul. And then, you know what? Maybe I could relate it to another business. I'm not talking about a job. I'm talking about a life, a career. Okay? Right. Like you said, your ex-father-in-law with, with the MetLife, and that's something he obviously cared about okay i care about this business if you care about music and that's what you want to be in the music business dedicate yourself heart and soul to that if you want to be a, a work exactly. like i have a really good friend of mine named jonathan hearn who works for the railroad he's been there for years and years and years he's got a beautiful wife uh, named heather and they're great people he's very dedicated and loyal to the railroad he's not like well i'll work for the railroad till i find something better do what you got to do do what you want to do but do it with all the passion and heart and soul. And I really and truly believe that. That's how you become the best that you can possibly be. I can never say that I am the best manager in the history of the business. I know I'm not, but I know I am the best that I could possibly be. Right. Okay. I never took the easy way out. You know, I'll never be as uh, well-rounded as Bobby Heenan. I'll never be as uh, well-versed as Jim Cornette. And I know that, and I don't. I don't try to to uh, pretend differently. I know I'm better than a hell of a lot of other guys. I'm not going to mention no names. There's some guys that absolutely sucked that got a chance that didn't deserve it. They didn't last very long. I'm 45 years in this. I must have did some right.
2: Something right, yeah. Well, Bruno, I, I want to wax nostalgic for a moment, and that was a perfect segue because you know we're talking about managers, and you were a professional wrestling manager in the heyday of managers. You had you, Bobby Heenan, Jimmy Hart, Cornette, Paul, you know, then he was Paul Dangerously. So many greats. Now, when I start, when I became a fan, uh, it was uh, Captain Lou, Fred Blassie, the Grand Wizard. Actually, I've been a fan long enough that when I first started watching, it was uh, Bobby Davis and Wild Red Berry, who were two, like, true legends. So, in my opinion, and I think Dan agrees, a, a manager just added so many dimensions to wrestling they, they they promoted their guys and and they they did a really good job promoting the upcoming events um many of them actually you know they, you did it too you actually altered the outcome of a match and and if you really think about it they were in a way they were salesmen they sold their guys and they sold tickets and you know it's one of the things about you know i i don't watch a lot of modern wrestling and one of the reasons why one of the things i think is sorely missing is the use of managers what, what do you say about that
0: well, yeah, you know, now, before I answer that, I want to make sure that everyone understands I'm not plugging to get myself back as a manager because those days are over for me. I don't have the voice left for it anymore or the stamina. But I agree. Um I don't know what happened. I really don't. It just somehow just went by the wayside. I don't understand because I thought it was a damn good uh thing. And at one time, there was damn near every heel in WWF had a manager, you it, know?
2: It, absolutely.
0: It, uh, I don't know what I really, and truly nobody ever laid it out to me. Why it went to the wayside. It's just, I guess like a lot of other things in the business, it's just changed. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't understand <laughs> why that happened because when I see now that there's no territories, there's no place for a manager to learn, you know, cause like I do a few independent shots for different people, uh, when the price is right, when they need me, and I'm, I'm happy to do it. Plus, the promotion that I worked for, Bluff City Wrestling and Pro Wrestling Mid-South out of Dyersburg, Tennessee, which I'll talk about that before we sign off. But but uh, other than that, what are these guys just doing here and there? How are they going to learn to be a manager if they don't do repetition day after day after day after day after day? I was doing it five, six, seven days a week, sometimes twice in one day. So I had no choice but get better. Or get it be out of the business, you know what I mean? So that's one thing. And now that there's no territories and these guys can't do it six, seven days a week like I did when I was starting out, how are they gonna get better? And when you got writers telling you what to say, all you're doing is using your voice to say what the writer thinks. You know, there's no uh personality to it anymore. You know what I'm saying? You're just right. reading you know, I would all I was was an enhanced version of myself, particularly when I was downtown Bruno. But even Harvey Whippleman, nobody wrote me out with you know. Remember this word for word. I couldn't do it. There's no effing way I could have done it. You know, these guys now, they don't have the experience or the or the wherewithal to just go out and. Uh, yep. You know, uh, it's like this here. Okay, Bruno Lauer, right here, right. We're sitting here talking, right. You know what? I'm downtown Bruno. 168 pounds of walking, talking, roping, stomping, downtown destruction. I am that man that walked that barbed wire fence barefooted. Been bad, been good. Dallas, Vegas, and Hollywood. Got a 38 pistol and a 45 frame and a lot of weight on my shoulders, but I got one hell of a brain. Downtown good looking Bruno. Downtown born and downtown bred. And when I die, I'll be downtown dead. Have mercy, you know why, baby? Because it's like Mama says, it bees that way sometimes.
2: Nice, love yeah. it. Thank you for that.
1: Yeah, very it's much. Still cool. What a soundbite. You know, it's funny. We've talked about it on the show before, and, and and you know, it means a lot coming from uh from Benny because you know where where he is. Uh, a few years ago, when WrestleMania was in Tampa, they had a rain delay of about fifty minutes. And of course, you know, they're, they're live, they're trying to kill time and they're going around, uh, you know, we're going to go backstage and talk to this person and talk to that person. And it was so sad to see how many of the talents they tried to talk to that were deer in the headlights without a script or or uh you know I and mean, there were some of them don't get me wrong you're you're Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and some of these guys especially the ring of honor types the ones that uh came from the cornette era of ring of honor they they could you know, bam 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 talk for an hour with a cliff note but some of these younger guys that came up through the system had nothing and it's you know we we talked about it before you know a couple times with uh um, old school NXT that was kind of Dusty's thing was the promo class because you had so many young talent that just they couldn't it's not that they couldn't talk at all I mean we've had some um La hall of fame caliber legends that needed a manager because they couldn't talk but there's a difference between couldn't talk and can't talk at all
0: right right I mean in my day it was like Lawler would tell me all right you imagine Phil Hickerson against uh Dennis Condrey tonight. Um, they were former tag team partners. Now they're enemies, um, and they're going to have a chain match Monday night at the Coliseum. That was it. He didn't say say this and say this. And say... He knew I'd go out there and, and wing it and say what needed to be said. And right. Even in WWF, uh, they, before it was Raw Live and, and uh, SmackDown, whatever. If y'all remember, it was it was uh, wrestling superstars and wrestling all stars, whatever. So oh, they would, yeah. what they'd have what they call a tape change they'd have to tape the apron off the ring that said superstars and change it to all-stars or whatever. So while that was going on, just to keep the audience in the arena entertained, he would send me out there to, to, uh, every night I did this at TV, just cut a promo to the audience and blah, blah, blah. And once they had uh, all that changed, then Howard Finkel would come out and snatch the microphone away from me and say, your time is up, or something like that. He shoved me. I'd take a pop roll out. So Vince knew I was the guy to do it. You know, I'd get out there and uh, let me tell you all you. Okay, for example, we're in Providence, Rhode Island. Let me tell some of you Providence peons. You don't know what it's like to be as good looking as I am and have all the women chasing me day and night, night and day. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you another thing last night this woman was banging on my door till 4 30 in the morning i couldn't sleep I, I finally had to get up and let her out and just you know stuff like that you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> i like that
0: yeah we were just you know we were just wing it and have fun these guys don't know how to do that
1: well you know speaking of managing and i think it's fitting giving the uh the time period we're in uh you know they they call this the 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 coin that, you know, the road to WrestleMania, we're coming up on WrestleMania 40. And you talked about, uh, you know, your time managing, uh, I want to go back. What would be 30 years now? Um, you were in the corner of Giant Gonzalez at WrestleMania Nine uh, against in his match with the Undertaker. Now, it's kind of two part question to many fans, especially now with with stadium shows and the hoopla da and and you know the the the, the whole weekend with the Hall of Fame and NXT and and it's really a week long celebration almost. WrestleMania is the Super Bowl, World Series, Stanley Cup, all rolled into one. Um, I, I mean, I can't. I mean, I'm asking you to speak for everybody, but I, I first part of the question is was that the way you felt like at these manias? Cause that, you know, you've been to other ones too. Like, did you know, like, or feel like mania was something, or was it really just another day at the office? And, and part two, that, that match against the undertaker, that, that, that was his third WrestleMania. It would be almost 20 years before he finally lost a match at WrestleMania. Um, you know, d- did you know going in or could you kind of like, this guy is something special or d- did, did, did nobody involved just, kind of predict how big The Undertaker was going to get?
0: Well, I don't know what anybody else thought or, or, or whatever, but I know for sure that I knew. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and lie. Oh, I can tell right away he was special. I hate it when people do that bullshit. You know what I mean? They'd say it about The Rocks. they said say it about Undertaker. No, they didn't. Nobody knew at that point. I knew he was a really good guy. I knew he was tremendously talented. I knew he was a hell of a worker. I knew he, he was great uh, as far as that I know he was going to get to the to the. Status uh, that well deserved. I might add, status at that point. No, I didn't know that. Um, I knew he was always going to be on top, and he deserved it. As far as just like people said, oh, what was it like when you first met The Rock? Oh, well, he, he, the, I knew that that day it was destined for greatness. I bullshit. You know what I mean? I hate it when people say that. Not just about either one of those guys, but anyone in general, because it's bullshit. Excuse my French. But nah. I'm never going to be one to, to pull that. I hate it. When, oh, I could tell right away there was something about so-and-so. Nah, no, you couldn't. <laughs> no, you couldn't. You know. I mean, Sean Michaels, back when he was in uh, Kansas. in uh, in yeah, Central
2: uh, States, right?
0: Yeah. And, and in uh, San Antonio, which so I wasn't there. But I, I heard about him. Oh, he's a really good worker, this kid. You ought to see him. He's really good. Then he went to Louisiana and, uh, you know, was really good. But, I mean, nobody said, oh, that guy's going to be the next main, one of the top ten in the history of the business, which he is, well-deserved. But nobody would have said that back then. And if anybody says it, oh, and i see him in Mid-South working, you know, opening match, I knew right away he's going to be one of the greatest ever. When people come on a podcast or an interview and say that crap, they're full of, you know what?
2: Well, it's always after the fact, too, so you're you're 100% accurate.
0: Yeah. It's always after the fact, you know. Yeah. And, and okay, how about this? What if a guy really screwed up real bad later in life? Like for example, Billy Jack Haynes. Okay, we talked about him a while ago. Allegedly, or he's, he's accused of murdering his wife. Okay. What if I was doing interviews for years? He's the greatest guy ever. Oh, this is a Christian man that loves the world. He's, he's second to Lord Jesus in life, blah, blah, blah. And then this comes out. How do I backtrack that? Right. You know, it's very unexpected. I didn't know him that well. And if it was somebody that I was best of friends with, and it happened, I, you know, I'd say, my God, i never see that coming. But I haven't I seen Billy Jack Haynes in like 30 years. I don't know what's going on in his life. Sure. You know what I mean? If it's a guy that I see all the time, then let's talk about it, you know.
2: Right.
0: Too many people try to to pretend to be experts on things they have no business trying to be
2: experts. Agree. So you you were elected to the uh, board of aldermen in your hometown of Walls, Mississippi. So I worked in county government down here in Florida for ten years. We we had a board of county commissioners, which I think is very similar, has except they have a similar function. What do, what what are your main responsibilities as an alderman? And uh are you you're seeking re-election in twenty twenty-five? Correct.
0: Yes, and I hope everybody will send a donation. At that point, I'll get y'all to plug it. Uh, we'll get oh, a yeah. you, site set up to buy signs and shirts. What we're on Team Bruno.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But, uh, yeah, my responsibility is, like, we had a meeting last night, which is why I couldn't do this last night, as we discussed, you know, before the broadcast. Um, it's basically very important things, don't get me wrong, but very routine things. Okay, like the, the police department uh, wants to, to uh, budget for, I don't know, bulletproof vests or, or a new camera to check uh who's been throwing the litter out on on the bypass. Right, You know, it's going to cost X amount of dollars. There's five of us aldermen and there's the mayor. It's alderman run uh, uh, city, town of Walls, Mississippi. If three of us vote yay, it's yes. If three of us vote nay, it's no. Um, The only time the mayor gets to say, the mayor can recommend, the mayor can, you know, do whatever. The only time the mayor can uh, cast a vote is if there's not a quorum, which they, which means uh, three out of five. Now, if for some reason, like one of the aldermen can't be there, and there's only four of us there, and two people vote yay and two people vote nay, then the mayor has the tie-breaking vote. You know, kind of like the vice president, and you know, in a higher level, obviously. Right. But you just vote on things like that, or so-and-so wants to build a... Uh, a uh, building here in town. Well, does it? Then we have to get the zoning guy to come in and say, "Well, it has to be so many square feet," or or we can we can get the planning commission to to uh, give him addendum. It don't have to be that many square feet. So, you know, actually, it's important stuff, but it's very very boring. You know what I mean? Very tedious, very procedural.
2: Do you uh you guys have to do like actually approve the budget for the town?
0: Yes, every year, once okay. a year. We have- meeting. We have a budget guy that comes in and explains everything to us. And then at the end of that, then we vote on it and say, well, I think maybe we shouldn't budget for this. I mean, let's budget more for the community center. Let's budget less for this, you know, whatever. And just different things. like, uh, But it's, you know, I, I enjoy it. I love helping my community. I really hope I get reelected. Um, it ain't just for the money. It's also because I really love my town. Now I'm getting used to being one of the one of the wise men in the town. I want to stay that way until I get ready to retire. You know, and i sure I've been there practically my whole life. You know, so uh I enjoy being on the board and I love it.
2: That's this is your first term, Bruno? My first term. Yeah. I, I'm I'm thinking you got you're a shoe in next well, year. Well the only reason
0: I didn't run before because this is before COVID. I was on the road 300 days
2: a year. Right. Yeah. So
0: I couldn't feasibly. But yeah. now yeah, you know the way my schedule is, I can do it, and I want to continue to do it.
1: I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on all things politics. But once you get the Dan and Benny endorsement, do you even really need an election at that point?
0: That's true. I appreciate that. It's all I need.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, you just have a, have have a, you know t- do a, do a, a makeshift concert with one of your uh, one of your lady friends, and that'd be all the funds you'd ever need right there.
0: I know, but I don't want Gazelle and Taylor fighting, and Beyonce too. When she gets involved, and then then Jay Z will come down and want to fight me. And, you know, just you know, and just I don't want to get into all that with them. And, right. I, I had my thing with Serena Williams years ago. Now her uh. husband, <laughs> is that you know, it's just,
2: it's just it's just hard. You know, Dan. <laughs> even as the player, I, I stand in awe of Bruno right. as far as the lady action.
0: And I can't say this enough. It's all a joke people. Put down your computers. Put down your keyboards. Put down your iPhones. and watch.
2: Stop Googling.
0: Right. Yeah, stop. I've never met none of them. <laughs>
1: Seems funny. Well, you know, Benny, uh, another great show, always Absolutely. fun talking to you. Uh Bruno, final question for me other than uh, other than politics and and uh, you know, do you have any yeah, well, yeah. You got anything coming up you want to plug? Anything you want to talk about? Maybe a well, sure. convention appearance
0: or something like that. Yeah, I want to tell everybody this. You know, I told you at the beginning of the broadcast about Bluff City Wrestling. I would hope that everyone would go on the YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel for Bluff City Wrestling. It's a great organization that I enjoy working with and working for. But also, I want to uh, tell everybody there's a uh, Comic Con in Jackson, Tennessee, March the second that I'll be involved in. Um, And then also, March the 16th, I'll be at Tupelo Con, Tupelo, Mississippi. It'll be me, Steve Kern, Austin Idol, uh, Hollywood Jimmy, uh, uh, a a bunch of local guys, too, a bunch of great guys. Um, We'll be there to meet and greet all day. And then at, at night is the matches, and it's always a good event. That's in Tupelo, March 16th. Um, I'll be in Ripley, Tennessee for Pro Wrestling Mid-South, March the 1st, and that night I'll be in Dyersburg, Tennessee for Pro Wrestling Mid-South, March the 2nd, and I urge everyone to look up Pro Wrestling Mid-South on their Google or whatever, too, on YouTube, it's a great organization, Golden Boy Greg Anthony, the champion there's a guy named Brandon Ray, is a great guy, Um, James Elliott, and and myself as the senior official there, Uh, Tommy Boy Jones, Uh, title jordan uh, just a great group of guys so i want to take this opportunity to give them national exposure you know i think they would enjoy it and, and, and appreciate it and lastly uh downtown bruno bookings and appearances a good friend of mine named dan matthews has that on facebook if anybody wants to use me for an appearance a booking special referee meet and greet whatever reach out to downtown bruno bookings and appearances i personally have no social media my friend Dan Matthews runs that YouTube, uh, I'm not YouTube, but a Facebook thing for me. So anybody wants to use me for anything or another podcast or whatever, but it out through him and I, I would appreciate it. And, uh, in the meantime, I want to thank everybody, uh, for watching. I want to thank y'all for having me and, uh, looks like Ben is, uh, frozen. Oh, okay. It looked like you were frozen for a second. You didn't move. No, so-
2: you know, while we were talking, I just subscribed to uh, bluff city wrestling and, uh, and uh, pro wrestling mid-south. Right. And I took me I, about 15 seconds. Yeah.
0: You know, I got my bluff city wrestling, the real Memphis wrestling shirt on. And, uh, I, I love it. And I, I know they appreciate it. And I appreciate y'all man. And, and, uh, reach out to Dan Matthews on downtown, Bruno bookings and appearances. He will plug this, uh, this podcast heavily. I like and if, if, uh, if, uh Miller Brewing Company wants to send me a few cases of uh, this for me plugging. I've had like five since we've been. Man, talking. that's the least they should do. Bro. Yeah, that and chicken wings of the world.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's a, a, a everybody's got their own traditions, as it were. It, it's not an official Bruno appearance unless there's beer and chicken wings
0: involved. We know that
2: much. That's mandatory. Can you
0: believe that. Look at Young Rock on DVD or whatever. They made sure that Ryan Pinkson, the great guy that played me on there, every time you see him, he was eating chicken wings and drinking beer.
1: There you go. Great stuff. Benny, uh, And another another great one. <coughs> Excuse me. Another great one. Uh, Bruno, always a pleasure. For downtown Bruno, Harvey Whippleman, you heard him. Plenty of good stuff to look up online. Uh, for the playa himself, Benny Scala, I'm Dan Spachano. Have a good night, everyone, and we will see you next time we're in the ring.
0: Thank you, fellas.
1: Appreciate it.